Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to Drew and Sam Talk Training. My name is Sam with Bowser Consulting. And on this week's episode, we have a very special guest host. You calling me special, Sam? I am. <laughs> you are special, Carrie. Hi. Thanks for having me again. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. The last time you were on with Drew and uh, you guys spared no punches at my expense, which was awesome. I was waiting for you to hear that and reply back to me. Yeah, no, I just, um, you know, the older I get and the more jabs that come at me, the less I care. Well, you know, if you're, if you're getting um, rouged by an Aussie, it means we love you. We don't even bother if we don't care. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. The last time you were on, we had the most downloads in the first week of our podcast that we'd ever had. So. I think what that means is you have an open invitation to come back anytime you'd like. Oh, there's a lot of really weird people out there. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome home, everyone. Welcome home. (laughs) I guess two of them are recording this podcast right now. So so that's pretty cool. All right, Lucas, go ahead and uh, drop us some Tom Petty, and then we're going to get in and continue the conversation all about making a plan. The last time you were on with Drew, you guys talked a lot about planning and you got some feedback from some of the listeners. Why don't we uh, pick up the conversation and and tell us what you'd like to add to our listeners about making a plan and how you go about deciding what's important for your company there at Family Ventures. Okay, awesome. Um, You know, for years, I sat in presentations as a a manager, a supervisor, and everyone's like, you've got to have a vision, got to have a plan. Do you know what you want to do in five years? And I was always like, no, I have no clue. How do I do that stuff, right? And you wake up every day and you go around your store and you do the same things. And, um, you know, you get excited about certain things at certain times. But what you realize real quick is that whatever you focus on is what gets changed. And I think that um, one of the leftover hangovers from um, the pandemic is people kind of got a bit lost because the day-to-day that they knew just changed. And so... It's like, well, what I did yesterday doesn't work anymore. And I think we all got a little bit of a hangover of the, oh, shit, I don't know what to do sort of attitude, right? And and it's just kind of stayed there. And now that's all behind us. And a lot of people are still in that mode and not moving forward. So um, I remember really clearly one of the conversations that I had with, with some people, and it actually was only a couple of years ago, and it was, you know, trying to understand what makes Family Ventures special. And, you know, if this is, if you're listening and you're a manager, this applies to you. If you're listening, you're a supervisor, this applies to you. If you're a franchisee, this applies to you. Every every single person can apply this theory. At the time, we were just trying to learn about family ventures. And, you know, what is it? uh, An important question was, if you were to pick up family ventures and go move it to another state or another country right now, what would be the things that you think are unique to family ventures that you would pick up and take with you? And that sounds like a really easy question, but when you're sitting down and thinking about it, you're like, oh, okay. So, you know, I sat down with Jay, who's my head of operations, and we, we got big sticky notes on the walls, and we're like, all right, 
what do you love about this? What do I love about this? And we wrote down a list of things and four things came out real quick, you know, about family and um, building sales and our culture and our training. And we're like, okay, but I wonder if we asked our team the same thing, if they would say that. And so we sent out on our crew chat um, something to our team just saying, hey, we're trying to figure out our plans for next year. Um, what is it? Can you take a second and just tell us what is it that you love about Family Ventures? Why why have you stayed here as long as you have? You know, what's the things that are special about us? And it was really nail-biting because we didn't get any replies. And I was like, oh, God, okay. They're all sitting there going, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> but then the replies started coming and I was really shocked that, you know, our managers, we're lucky if we get a one-word answer or a thumbs up or whatever. Like that means they're excited, a thumbs up or a, a wave or something. But they actually wrote out these really well thought out answers. And I was in shock because they don't do that ever. <laughs> That's just not something that people do anymore. So we're getting all these um, messages sent privately about um, the same kind of things, ironically, but they were really long, really heartfelt. Like some of them I was like, oh, God, no, I'm going to cry now. I'm having my mum moment. Like I didn't even know that you felt that way about my company, but I'm so glad that you do, right? And so we started writing them all down and we put our list together and it was the same list. And I was like, God damn it, we had something special and we didn't even realize that we had it, you know? And that was cool just to figure that out because when you're the boss, you don't really always know the way your team feel about you, you know, because they kind of, they're guarded or they don't want to say what they think. And I've always tried to promote a culture of just go out there, balls and all, just tell me what it is. You know, I can't deal with things I don't know. I can't deal with ghosts. but it's a natural thing and, you know, it's a healthy thing if you respect your boss that you might not always say 100% because you think it's dumb or whatever. But I try and have that culture where no one's just copying everyone and says what's the right thing to say. Like I want them to tell me and that's how we learn really, really fast. Um, sometimes we launch meetings and I say something and I think it's going to be the best thing ever and everyone's like, oh, my God, no. And then other times I say something really boring that I think is not going to have an impact and they're all like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And they're clapping. So you just don't know sometimes, but we have that culture. I think that, you you know, what you're saying is really important to our listeners. I think that as I look at the numbers and I see the feedback from the podcast, it, it seems to me that most of the people that listen are pretty high performers. I would guess that a lot of them have plans and goals, but what you just said is so important that if you want to know if your plans and goals are out there with the company, you should ask them because if they are out there and you have communicated it and you have made it really and special, really special, when you talk about things like family and building sales and culture and training, if the team says that back to you, then you know you've made a connection. And you know, I've I, I've found the same thing when I'm out doing consulting and workshops. You know, when I was younger and a little more arrogant and a little more worried about me than the class, I would get these one-word responses from the end of the, uh, the, of the workshop evaluations. And now I get these things that, like you said, it's like, oh my God, that's what you thought? That's, that, that's just crazy. And I think first and foremost, it makes you feel good about what you're doing as a leader, which is important. But secondly, for me, and you know, I don't want to speak for you, but when I see responses like that, it makes me want to be a better leader yet. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm getting a response like this and I've been working on my leadership skills or I've been working on my facilitation skills, if I'm getting results like this, my goodness gracious, what kind of results could I get if I continued to work on me? 
Yeah, they, I mean, it, they're obviously invested because that that is pretty rare that um, team members would or managers would give that kind of feedback. And so we're sitting there and we're going, oh my god, this is we've really got something even more special than what we realized. You know, we thought we were creating something special, but it's always hard to know, you know, because you're not with them every day and you don't know the highs and lows sometimes. And they're quiet at meetings occasionally, but that doesn't always be a bad thing. So we said, well, there's some really clear things that have come out that we feel that they feel we've got to make sure that every new team member that starts with Family Ventures knows that they understand that they've got to get that so how do we put that all on paper and you know we already had our guiding principles at the time but it just really solidified those things and you know what i would say is if you're looking to figure out what your um, mission is or your things that drive your company that you want your team to know keep it as simple as possible everybody should be able to just say it without thinking about it and you could go up to anyone in my team right now and ask them what's important to carry, what's important to family ventures. And they will 100% every time say family. It's just, it's who we are. It's how we operate. It's everything we do. We put our people before our profits. Always. We're always thinking ahead with that stuff. I spend my whole life trying to figure out what I'm going to put a logo on. That's cool. That's going to motivate them. <laughs> you know, like people um, love our pins i hear there was like an underground selling black market on the kangaroo pins at the rally wow um which is crazy <laughs> someone sent me a message on facebook and they're like my franchise you gave me this pin and i'm being offered 50 dollars for it but i don't want to let it go because i know it's special and i'm like look just go sell it do whatever you need to do i'll send you five what's your address you know like <laughs> it's not that it cost me a dollar you know it's fine right but you know, we, we came up with our list of six things. Um, originally, there was four and we added two that were important to us. And they have been game changers for us, the two that we added. Um, and they're about people. So they're kind of about the same things. But once you identify who you are, it is a game changer. And, you know, I've done this over and over and I keep learning. I think I would be smart by now at age 49, but I keep learning almost the same lessons sometimes in a different way that as soon as you solidify that down and then you make it everywhere and everything you do. So we're like, okay, now we've got to think back to, a, you know, first day starting at family ventures, how do you get injected with the guiding principles? And so, you know, we made our team member box and we put the principles, you know, in it. We have it on our TVs in our store. We call it family TV where they're watching that stuff all the time. And every, all our behaviors link back to those things. And if we ever get lost, we sit back and we go, are we, aligned with those behaviors because once you know what the behaviors are like if you say everything we do is about family and our team members always come first every time any kind of decision comes across your desk what kind of oven you're going to get what kind of air conditioning you're going to get what pins you're going to get it, if you know that's who you are it makes it really easy to make those decisions you don't even have to think about it and then for us luckily we partnered with a designer and i'd been trying to find one for years um, i had a great one when i was in australia but we found someone that got us that could put all our vision into pictures. And that's when the branding became with the kangaroo and everything, it came to life. And now it's, you know, all throughout our office, you know, you can see it's right behind me. <laughs> it's everywhere, right? Everything we do oozes that same look. Um, and so that's really helped our team to come together on our vision because they just get it, you know, and, and anyone else that comes into our office or sees our stuff, you know, cause we're not in Australia. And we've got this kangaroo. Everyone's like, what the heck is with this kangaroo? Even my designer, like after designing three different logos for me, it's like, all right, you've got to tell me the story about the kangaroo because I don't get it. And, you know, when managers in Australia see my stuff, they think I'm in Australia. 
they're like, oh, can we have that design? And I'm like, no, that's my logo. <laughs> you know, like, no. <laughs> um, but it's it's unique to us. If it, it, you know, it's to the point now where if you see a kangaroo logo, you know it's come from me, right? You know that Family Ventures created it. And building that brand for our team, for our company has been so huge for us because people gravitate towards it when they can see it and touch it and feel it and, and they can understand it immediately. They can get a vision of what it looks like to work for you. So then they're drawn to want to come and work for you. And that's really been a big thing for us over the last year, you know, through all my social media presence and everything with having that strong branding, people are drawn to it. They want to be a part of it because they can see what it's going to be about. So if you don't have any of that out there, I mean, even just when you're talking to your team, they don't know what they're a part of. And honestly, pay is important, but knowing what you're a part of and bringing meaning to your world is a hundred times more important. It just makes it all come together. I can't agree with that more. I mean, I'm fortunate to work with some of the best franchisees all over the country. And the ones that are outperforming the rest are the ones that have a clear mission and vision and they talk about it a lot and their team members can recite it. I think you've taken it to the next level with the branding and the logos and all this, that stuff is fantastic. And I would absolutely a hundred percent recommend doing that. I would also say if you haven't done that, you don't have to, as long as your message is getting out there, you know, I'm working with Mike this week and Mike's big thing is build a team that executes page one and his whole team knows what page one is. And if you look at his page one, it looks like he was up in the middle of the night one night on on a Word document, and it's just the words that are important to him. And we didn't have all this cool stuff, too. When we started um, really going after this as a thing in 2018, when we were, our sales were going through the roof, we were building stores like crazy, but we just couldn't get the team right, and we sat down and we started to think about this stuff. We had the shell of what we've got now. And it's obviously taken it to the next level, but we didn't have all of that cool stuff back then. It was just an idea and it was a behavior. And it took us through our hard times to get to this point. And we've just kept building on it and building on it. But that's the great thing is once you start and have your building block, it just keeps getting better. Um, But your team don't feel lost. You don't feel lost. On those days when you feel like everything's going wrong, you just pull it back out and go, are we spending all that time in this really important area? And if you're not, it just kind of brings you back to that again. Yeah, I think it's really great that, you know, that you've got your six guiding principles that help you make all your decisions because you're absolutely right. Once you figure out what you want to be and the whole team knows what the company wants to be, then decisions get really easy. It's, it's, do they align with this or do they not? And if they don't, then we don't do it. And if they do, then we move forward. And I think that's really, really important. You know, I've worked with some folks that have got these just outstanding missions and visions. And I was in a room and I asked all of their supervisors, what is the mission? And nobody could recite it. So we've gone to this painstaking you know, work of coming up with these things. But then we move on to the next thing. If we're going to have a mission and a vision and guiding principles, then we've got to have a vision, a mission and guiding principles. And people have to know what they are, or it just becomes a piece of paper that collects dust in the corner. And I think that's really, really important. It's challenging in our business because there's so many shiny new things that we're focusing on. And the shiny new things are not going to work 
if people don't know what your company is all about? You know, it even helps you to the level of a manager or a supervisor making a decision on uh, a team member, you know, like, uh, we hadn't had it happen in a really long time, but we had someone in our team that we didn't realize was acting anti-dominoes and anti-family ventures and not treating people right. And it was such a clash. His behaviors were such a clash to our values. It was so obvious that he just couldn't be part of the team anymore. You know, normally we would coach and nurture and, you know, but his behavior was that bad and that, you know, polarizing for the team and so horrible that we just had to let him go. And it was a very clear decision. There was no ifs or buts or maybes. Everybody was on the page that, hey, this person's causing bad things to happen in the business. And the minute he left, we found out a whole heap of other stuff. Um, but it just it just made it so clear because because that's what happens. It just makes the vision immediately come to life for what you want to do. Yeah. And I think it takes a really strong leader to go in and do that type of surgery. If you've got a cancer on your team, it's got to come out or it's going to spread everywhere. And I think in today's world, people are so worried about wrongful termination lawsuits and unemployment claims that maybe sometimes they drag their feet when they know they've got a problem and they should get rid of it. And that's one of the things that, you know, that you just said that that I really admire about you. And I'm spending time with Mike Rompel out here in Salt Lake City. You know, one of his first things on page one is we hire happy, smiling faces. And if he walks into a restaurant and somebody doesn't have a happy, smiling face, they usually aren't there by the time he leaves. (laughs) If you can't do that, he's not going to fit the culture of what he's trying to build in these in these stores. Right. And there's there's probably a lot more to that, that the team members must just not engage. Like I couldn't imagine Mike just firing someone because they're not smiling. It's it's a lot more than that. Um, It's it's their whole um, demeanor. And, you know. You can tell that they just, you know, they're looking down and they don't right. care. And um, so, you know, there's, there's two things to that, actually. You know, what I was talking about just a second ago, it's so rare. Like I said, I can't even remember the last time that I had to terminate someone like that, that it was that serious. Like it was really clear that that person was just anti everything that makes us dominoes and family ventures. But we do have a challenge with our um, managers that they, they have a very low tolerance um, threshold. So that team member that's unreliable or doesn't wear the uniform right or just says the wrong thing at the wrong time when they're under a lot of pressure, they just want to cut them out of their lives, right? <laughs> so we spend a lot of time educating them about um, that, you know, our, our, guiding, our first guiding principle is that we're family. So that means that, I mean, think about your own family on Thanksgiving. It's probably the best way to think about it, right? There's always that weird uncle or aunt that is not invited sometimes that gets cut out of the list that says weird stuff that annoys everybody or did something that made them on the out. Right. But at the end of the day, we still love them. And, you know, if they, if something happened to them, we'd be devastated and we just have a temper tantrum with them at the moment, but actually we still love them and we're going to bring them in. And we say, once you decide to fire someone in, first of all, make sure it's the right person to fit the team. But once you make that decision, they're now part of the family. You know, if you have someone in your family that you don't like, you can't just kill them, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, there would be repercussions. Right? You have kids and then you're like, well, I don't like my kids anymore. I'm not going to have any kids now. They're going out of my life, right? Like you can't do that with family. So you can't do that with your team members. You made the decision to hire them. You're all in now for the whole journey. So if they're not up to par, you know, look at yourself and say, am I having the conversations I'm supposed to be having? 
you know, pizza college, we get them to rate all their team members as A team members, B team members, C team members, D team members. And the team members are always an A or a D, right? Like we're so clear on that, that they're a superstar or they're a poo head. There's no in between, right? And then you look at the list of how many D's there are. And I was shocked. Like one of the pizza colleges, I was like, oh my God, 80% of them are shitheads, you know? <laughs> like, what the heck? And, and it, it's like, so you're going to get rid of 80% of your team? Like, that's the fact. If they're that bad um, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, and it's like, well, how would that work? And how many conversations have you had with those team members to bring them up and on track? Have you coached them? Have you trained them? Do they know what they're doing? And then they all kind of shrunk in their seats a little, <laughs> you know, that's them owning up to why that team member is not great. On day one, they probably thought they were the best thing ever. And then they didn't spend the time. So making sure that they own up to their part. I think we run into that a lot. On day one, we think they're great because we see a hole in our schedule getting filled and, and we haven't spent the time to see if they're going to fit with us. And then as it turns out, they're not wired exactly like us. We start to get worried. You know, you said it earlier. It seems like the more trips around the sun we get, the less we realize we know. And, and, and I'm the same way. You know, when I was 18 years old and I ran my first Domino's pizza store, I thought I knew everything. And, and now it's like, oh my God, I can't believe how much more there is to learn and how much things are getting better and better. And when you talk about these conversations, you know, I was fortunate enough, Sue Graves and her team reached out to me and we put together a two-day workshop called Crucial Conversations, where when there's a gap in performance, you sit down and, and you talk to the person and you try to get them up to speed. And I'm dealing with that with Mike's team as well. I'm out here tasked to work with supervisors shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, you keep hearing things that you hear all over the country. Oh, this person's bad. I got to get rid of them. And I look at them and I say, we're down 100 people right now in these 21 stores. If you get rid of that person, we've got to hire two more to get ahead. We've got to hire one just to be where we're at now. Are we talking to these folks? And I find that, you know, I'll go into a store and they'll say, well, this person's got a bad attitude. And I'll talk to them for 15 minutes and we're laughing and we're joking and they're cutting pizzas faster and they're putting toppings to the edge. We've got to create environments that it is a family. And when Weird Uncle Joe shows up, we don't lock the door. You're absolutely right. We invite <laughs> him in. He gets a plate of turkey. He tells his jokes that nobody wants to hear. And he maybe doesn't stay as long as everybody else. He's the first one to go home. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're not trying to look for our best friend in every team member, but, you know, Uncle Joe, we need to be happy and respectful of the fact that he turned up to work today because, you know, there's yes. a lot of people that didn't. And and that's, I think, what you were just saying before, how, um, you know, impatient they get with, with their team members and they want to cut them out real quick. Anyone in your store who is regularly showing up to work right now means they're already better than most of the population right now, because a lot of the population do not want to work. And I don't know how that works in society. I really don't, especially with costs coming up and stuff. I really, I think that's going to be turned on its head. But the fact that they chose to have a job and come to work when all these other people are not makes them already a really great team member. And so they're worth investing in. They don't have to be our best friend. We're probably not going to want to go out and have coffee or drinks or whatever with every single person that works for us because some people can be a little bit eccentric or some people have weird humor that we're not sure of or 
you know, they're just not our type of person, but they all come to work together every day and they, they come together as a team and teams are made up of a lot of different individuals. And so we've got to stop trying to make them exactly like us. We've got to try and find what their best behaviors can be. You know, um, maybe they're just really uncoordinated and pizza making is not their thing, but damn, they can upsell the hell out of a phone, you know, or right. they love um, driving or, you know, we've got to put them in their right place where they can achieve the best and, and cross train them as much as possible. But obviously they're not going to be the superstar pizza maker, but everyone has a contribution to make. And some days they're going to annoy us. And guess what? Some days we're annoying, but we always think we're the best. But some days we can be hard to work for. And sometimes we create those situations because we are hard to work for. You know, we're having a, a short day because something happened. We broke up with our boyfriend or lost our cat or something. And so everyone that comes to work today, we're upset with them and we think it's their fault. You know, so we've got to um, give ourselves a bit of breathing space. And, you know, like one of the things that um, I, the, teach, the tricks that I teach my team at Pizza College is when you have people that you can just tell they're coming to work and things aren't right. Just grab them aside for two seconds and go, all right, we've got one minute. Tell me what's happening. And then once we get in the doors, it's go time. And then just let them download and like, all right, let's go make pizza now. Right. Instead of it taking over. I love how you just framed that up. And uh, um, I'll just let you know right now, I'm going to steal that. I love that opening line. We've got one minute. Tell me what's going on. So you, you put a time frame around it. I'm here for you. I care about you. We've got a short amount of time. Tell me what's important. And then, yeah, let's go get it. I think that's you know, that's so important. I had an interaction with a team member the other day and I walked in and I could tell something was on their mind. And I went up to him and I said, what's going on? And nothing. And, you know, I gave him a couple of minutes to, to think about it. And I went back over and I said, no, really, what's going on? And we've got to make sure that we understand that our team members are human beings. And I think every human being on the face of the earth is carrying baggage. Some of it is really, really big and some of it is really, really small, but it's important to all of them. Their baggage is important to them. And if we don't treat them like human beings, if we don't treat them like they are family, then they're not going to want to come to work for us. And, you know, when you say they've shown up, they're ahead of most of the other people in the world. That is so true. We've got to understand that, that if they're coming, they're giving us the opportunity to develop them into being instead of being uncle Joe, being, being mom. And we can't wait to see her. (laughs) So we've got to, we've got to do everything we can to embrace that. You know, a lot of um, people have experienced extreme loneliness through COVID too, because they've been isolated from family and friends and maybe they don't have any family or friends. So they used to get their interaction by going out and then they couldn't, you know, and some people are scared to go out. So you can't forget that sometimes where we are the extended family and we are the social interaction. This is the closest thing that some of them get to having a family. So they want us to download with them. You know, I do believe managers become part qualified psychiatrists sometimes. The one place where my friends are and I want to, you know, share it. So if you don't give me a chance to do that, I'm probably going to be carrying that for the whole shift and everybody's going to feel in the air. So you're better off just to clear it out, make it something positive. Um, I actually learned that off my trainer um, because when I was prepping for my first show, I was going through a tough time in my personal life and the training was what was keeping me going every day, showing up and having that set time. But he knew I was struggling and he could see it on my face when I walked in. I'm usually a pretty positive person, but you know, he was the one person who saw that side of me and every morning he'd go, all right, next 60 seconds, tell me about life. And some, day, some days I'd be like, nah, let's go. <laughs> 
but whatever it was, he'd be like, well, all right, let's go get it now, you know, after the 60 seconds of whatever, because now you leave it at the door and now let's focus on the task at hand kind of thing. I just love that. I mean, I think that is the golden gem of everything we've talked about today is give those people 60 seconds, put a time frame on it so that they know there's an ending point. So you don't sound rude and, and, and cold as ice. Okay. We got to go now. Um, I, I, I just think that's fantastic. I really, I really, really like that piece. And I, you know, I think the other thing that's important is that I think people would probably rate both you and I as, um, crazy, stupid, energetic, all the time, energizer bunny types. And I think when we're leading our team, if we've got somebody that is just cracking their shell open, it's important for us to tone ourselves down just a little bit to meet them so that they can start to come out. And as they come out, then we can ramp ourselves back up as they ramp themselves back up. Because I think if we have oil and water relationships, that's definitely not going to get them to come out of their shell. So we just talk to them and we keep talking to them and then we get a little bit more excited and a little bit more excited. And I've seen that people start to act like the people they're around. To me, that's the end goal. If today I can just get somebody to smile, that's a win. We've got to teach our young leaders how important it is to make these connections with the human beings that are in our stores. They're so focused on metrics and they're so focused on load and go and cutting edge and all these things that they forget that we're making pizzas for human beings and that we're interacting inside of our stores with human beings. And my good friend, Jeremy Hill, who works for Art and Marty, you know, got up in front of a group and he says, we need to rehumanize the experience. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. We're all humans. Let's, let's stop worrying about just clearing the make line screen and getting the pizzas out the door so quickly. Let's realize that we're making Mr. And Mrs. Smith's dinner. And a person is going to eat that pizza. And the person that's making that is a human being. Let's treat them like family, even if they are Uncle Joe. That's right. Kindness is something I talk about a lot, you know, with our customers, with our team members. Uh, It really does go a long way. And it really stands out when someone smiles and is kind to you because it is very, very rare right now. Yeah. So, you know, your former franchisee up the road, who's a great friend of mine, Ray Sellers, you know, his big thing was free kindness with every order. and I. I just thought that was amazing. And Becca has done a really great job of continuing that up in Virginia with the free kindness stuff. And it's, it's just so important. I think that we get so lost in what's our load time, what's our out the door time that we forget that we're dealing with people. Well, we started to do these um, team member appreciation days uh, every Saturday. We, we're hitting up you know, a store at a time. And it's, it's been really interesting to learn because we've never done them before. But we just literally just go to a store for an hour or two, um, right when everyone's coming to work, and um, it's just a moment to just celebrate them. We give them some um, some nothing bunt cakes. I'm not sure if that's a national brand, but god damn it, those are good cupcakes. There's something about those cupcakes. They're very hard to transport. We have to treat them like they're little babies when we're transporting them on the way. But they taste so good, and you know we're just there to just say, "Hey, Sam, how's your day going? You know, is there anything you want to ask me about Family Ventures?" And they ask me the wildest questions. Like no one asks right? me anything about Domino's. It's all about my personal life and my bodybuilding, and you know, random stuff. Um, questions I never thought that they would want to know, but they want to know. Um, and then you know, people telling me about they want to be a manager or you know what they're doing at college or whatever, and it, it just 
it's been so special because some really cool moments have come out of that. Um, and, you know, one of those moments um, recently was was with one of my managers at, at one of my stores. And, you know, it was literally a week before he passed away, unfortunately. It's, it's only just happened this week. But we got to go out there and spend that time with him and we got a lot of photos and you know, we had no idea he got sick and it happened very suddenly within three days um, we'd lost him and he was only a young, a young team member. I was just like, Oh my God, it was so great that we were just at his store last week and able to create those special moments for the team. You know, we, we wouldn't right. have done that otherwise. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really special. I've really enjoyed it. You know, my team sees me at the stores all the time, but coming there especially for that, to say thank you, you know, we really appreciate you and we pay them extra on that day as well. They everyone gets an extra two hours of pay on that day. It just it's it's game changing. It's just so something so simple. I've been trying to tell people for the longest time, if you want to know what your team members think, just ask them. And I think your your team member appreciation day is giving them a cone of safety where, hey, they've come in with these nothing but cupcakes and they're asking us what we we think maybe they mean it. Maybe we can actually say it because, you know, you said earlier that you've always held yourself. I want people to tell me what's going on. I want them to be honest. We can want that all we want, but we've got to create an atmosphere where people know that there's no repercussions or retaliation for telling us what they really think. And it sounds to me like you and your team are doing just a fantastic job of taking all the feedback in that they give you and sorting through, you know, let's face it, some of it is going to be just crap and some of it is going to be really good gems. And you sort through that and you're making changes to your organization based on what the team members want and need and, and what the organization wants and needs. And if more leaders did that, I don't think we would have the staffing problems that we have. We're always talking about our job as leaders is to identify and develop talent. Well, part of that identification process should be talking to them and asking them what their hopes and dreams are and what their aspirations are. You know, Drew and I did a book review, uh, Let Them Lead by John U. Bacon. And in that book, he says, you got to water all the plants because you don't know which ones are going to grow. And if we're constantly looking at our team and we're saying 20% of them are A's and 80% of them are D's and we're only watering the A's. How many of the D's are dying on the vine just waiting for an opportunity to express what they want to do? And I think that's so, so important. One of my drivers at one of the stores, um, I hadn't realized when we renovated the store that we hadn't put the spray arm back in for washing dishes. Didn't realize, you know, I, every store has them, didn't even think about it. And uh, he washes dishes part time. He said, you know, my rent's gone up. I work this much hours at Domino's and I work, you know, $9 an hour washing dishes at a kitchen in downtown. You know, as we're talking and he's starting to trust me, as I'm driving out, he says, Terry, do you think we could get one of those spray arms? And I'm like, you don't have one? And I was like, we're back in the store because I was like, what? <laughs> and so we got him the arm, like something so simple like that, that he thinks about every day when he's at work. And it was just a game changer. And then the next conversation we had was, why are you working two jobs? And why are you working at a place that pays you $9 an hour when you're delivering pizza for me, you're earning $30 an hour. Why don't you just get more hours at the store that you're working at and then you earn more money. And because I had done that for him, he said, well, I'm giving my two weeks notice at my other job. And now he works for me a lot more hours, which the store needed. Um, so, you know, it just can be as simple as that, that it makes a difference. 
you know, Mike and I are seeing the same things because, uh, you, you know, there's a group chat out here and, and we're just doing whatever needs to be done. So I've delivered more pizza in the last week than I've delivered in the last 10 years. And I, I think Mike has as well. And, you know, we're talking last night as we were recording another episode and he said, you know, it's amazing when you are forced to do the job that you want your team members to do on a daily basis, how little things like sprayers at the sink make a difference. And, you know, after the first night he delivered, you know, within a week in Salt Lake, we replaced all the hot bags that didn't have windows with ones that did have windows because he was tired of dealing with it. And, you know, he was talking about how the company car that I'm driving has keyless entry and a push button start and his has to put a key in it. He says, I'm never buying a company car again that you have to put a key in it because it's such a pain in the rear end for the drivers. I don't think our leaders are disconnected from the business because they think they're above it. I think that they're disconnected from the small things like sink sprayers because they don't have to do it. And once you realize it, much like you did, you're like, oh, well, we got to fix that. And if every time we walk into one of our stores and we say to our team members, hey, if you were king for the day, what one thing would you change? Our drivers are going to tell us things like, you know, I wish I had a sprayer at the sink. And you're thinking, oh, well, I just made you king for the day because I can make that happen. (laughs) It's amazing how much more in tune with your guiding principles and your mission your team members get when we provide them with the tools they need to do the job. And they can see it in action. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, the first week here in Salt Lake, as Mike's going through all these 21 stores and team members are saying, we need this and this and this and this, and then they're just magically appearing. They're starting to really to buy in, you know, to what Mike wants to accomplish here. And, you know, your, your Saturday morning team member appreciation days I got to believe you're getting such a great return on that investment of time and cupcakes that it's just amazing because people know you care and people know that you want to provide them with the tools they need. You know, Mike and I were doing dishes at our Walmart store and the sprayer there. Oh my gosh, Carrie, it's like drip, 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 drip. And I will be really surprised if that sprayer is not fixed in the next day or two, you know, cause we are just, we are just, talking to each other and going, this is stupid. How do we expect our people to do this if we haven't given them the tools? So I just want to clarify, if anyone thinks about going, doing these appreciation days, we actually go in the afternoon heading into rush. So we get to see a lot of the team and it actually has helped as well because football Saturdays are pretty big in the South, as I'm guessing it is all over the the, the block, but um, more team members want to be on the schedule that day. So like the very first store we did it in, I'm not joking when I tell you this number. We ran 10 minutes better ADP that Saturday. It was a big Saturday, but everyone's having fun. Everyone's invested and more people wanted to work because we had the day. So it wasn't just helpful for me to learn the team and talk to them. It was helpful for the manager because the team actually had availability that day and it changed the world. You know, he made it fun. It's funny how that works. When people have fun, service goes, goes way up and customer CSAT goes way up. You know, when your team members are having fun and they're engaged, when they go to the door and the customer says, how's your day going? The customer doesn't hear, oh, well, you know, I got to work. They either hear like, you're not going to believe this. The boss brought in cupcakes today and we're having fun. And it's silly to me how these silly, what we think are non-consequential things 
change the entire environment and the entire culture of the store. Culture is not as hard as we all make it to be. We just got to be. Effort. Yeah. It's, to me, it's cupcake and a pin to someone else. It's a record week cake. Like it, the team doesn't care what it is. What they see is the effort. Yes. It could be candy for Halloween. It could be just saying thanks for coming in today or a card or a handwritten note. Like just it's thought. That's all it is. Being thoughtful. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't know what it is, ask them, you know, go into the store and say, hey, if you guys did something great, what would knock your socks off if I came in next week with this? And they'll tell you. And I think nine times out of 10, Carrie, they'll tell you things that are way less expensive than you would have done yourself. I think as leaders, we've got to realize that our team members are hourly team members and $10 to them is a lot more than $10 to us. And even though we want to do extravagant, crazy things, that's not necessarily what they need. We went out and did these these amazing shirts that they get to wear for the day and the cupcakes and the paint and everything. And then they're like, is there a pin? And I'm like, oh. right. I was a franchisee for six years. And obviously it was that short a time because it didn't end well. But in the first couple of years, I used to always do these extravagant things for Christmas because I wanted to really take care of my team members. And towards the end, when my money was, I, I mean, tight isn't even the word for it. All I had to give them was pizza. And it was like the best thing I had ever given them. They're like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I get a pizza. And I'm thinking to myself, I spent all those hundreds of dollars on swag. <laughs> and I could have been giving you pizza all the time and you would have been happier. Right. I just ask your team members what's going to drive them and make them happy. And they're going to they're going to tell you things that knock your socks off, how affordable how much it's going to make a difference to them is just amazing to me. We're running out of time here. Thank you so much. And I didn't tell you this, but I'll tell you now. Can't wait to have you on again because we're going to. And uh, for all our listeners out there, this has been Drew and Sam Talk Training with very special guest. Carrie Heyman. <laughs> from Family Ventures Pizza. We would love it if you would share these episodes, like and subscribe to them. And uh, make sure everybody hears this great one. I'm sure you're going to see it on the uh, Women of Domino's Pizza page when it drops. And uh, as always, go out and sell more pizza. Have more fun. That's all, folks.